Hey everyone, welcome to the Restoring Rapport podcast. My name is Seth Hensley and this is a podcast about reclaiming the place of priority relationship is providentially intended to hold in your life. You know, we live in a world where community is far too often pushed to the back burner in favor of less important things, but the good news is that it doesn't have to stay this way. As believers, we have the choice to prioritize connection in our life every day and to live face to face with God and people. In this show, I'll be number one, sharing research which supports the importance of relationship, number two, giving you tools to help you improve your interpersonal connections, and number three, sharing writings that I have done in the past on the importance of community. It is my sincere hope that the content presented in this podcast equips you to better serve and love others. To access my past and future articles, subscribe to my YouTube channel, or purchase a copy of my books, visit homeschoolerponderings.blogspot.com. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 35 of the Restoring Rapport podcast. Super excited for the content we've got planned out for you guys today. As always, um, I wanted to start off this episode by first off telling you that we've got a lot of big stuff coming up this summer, which is good news. Uh, For those of you who don't know, I graduated on the 28th of April with my degree in um, early childhood education. So assuming I pass my licensure exams, I will be a licensed K through uh, three educator. My plan to, is to use that degree, but to use it either this fall as a sub or if I get hired at the places I'm applying as a permanent teacher. Um, but in the meantime, I've got a whole lot of time and that means I can crank out a whole lot of content for you guys. I'm planning on doing uh, an episode at least every week. I'm considering moving it up to two, two episodes every week. That way we'll have one episode free, one episode for subscribers every week, every single week. Um, I'm also considering doing two books. So I've already got a poetry book written. A lot of you guys, actually not a lot, but some of you have reached out uh, expressing interest on a poetry book. I already actually have that completely finished. Now it's just a matter of getting it transitioned into the self-publishing website that I use and uh, aligned to that book standards. And also I was wondering if I could get an illustrator for that. So I'm, I'm kind of pulling some strings there, see if I can find an illustrator. Um, but in addition to the poetry book, I also have another book that I'm working on. Um, many of you know that I, I used to do a lot of blog writing and I'm kind of backed off of the blog writing and I'm doing it more like private writing now specifically for this book um, because when I publish when I put out all my content that's in my books uh, basically what happens is everybody reads it and then the book comes out and they've already read the book so what I'm doing this time is I'm writing content specifically for a book and not publishing it as I write so I'm going to try and get that out this summer as well Another thing that I want to do, I know I'm hitting you guys with a lot of really cool stuff, but I'm done with school, super excited to be done with school, and I'm just, I have so much time, and I want to just use it all, uh, use it all while I can, because I'll be working, obviously, in the fall as a teacher. So now, I want to crank out as much content as I possibly can. With that being said, I would love to get a documentary finished this summer. Um, I'm not going to tell you guys what that's about yet. Again, if you're a subscriber, you've already heard all of this stuff, all of this information, um, because I wanted to give my subscribers a first glance, but I'm not going to tell you what that's about. Um, it's just simply going to be a documentary that I'm working on and I would like to get it out by the fall. So uh, I thought I'd give you, give you guys a little heads up there. Um, we do have an interview scheduled already, uh, coming up, but it's not until late October. I will be interviewing Frank Viola, author of Pagan Christianity, Reimagining Church and the Insurgents, uh, reclaiming the insurgents reclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. He's a phenomenal author, uh, Pagan Christianity. For those of you who don't know what it is and have never heard of it, uh, completely changed my life. Uh, it's a it's a book that examines uh, how the tr- it 
walks you all the way through church history, through church history, and it points out where we got each of our traditions. So what it does is a lot of times uh, Americans today, well, Western Christians specifically, uh, think that sub, either consciously or subconsciously think that the way we've been doing church now is the way it's always been done, and it's that it's somehow infallible, that our traditions are somehow infallible. Um, and the Protestant church needs to reevaluate that, that belief because we've gotten a lot of our traditions, um, from pagan cultures, to be perfectly frank with you. And not that there's anything wrong. Everybody knows Christmas is a holiday that has a lot of pagan influence, but that we know that Jesus redeems what he touches. But my point is that, um, just saying that something is infallible because it's the way you're currently doing it is not, um, it's 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 logically incorrect, and we need to reevaluate that. So, reading his book, Pagan Christianity, absolutely changed the way I believe. Uh, not changed the way I believe, but changed the way I see um, the world and the the institutional church of today. Um, many of you know that I attend a house church group, um, and I've done so for probably seven or eight years now. And one of the strengths of that group, I believe, is that it enables everybody to function as a member of the body of Christ instead of having one person, you know, on an elevated platform. Uh, kind of, kind of, uh, steering, if you will, the entire, the entire workings of the Holy Spirit. So that's just one plus that I got from re looking at the, the state of the institutional church today through the lens of pagan Christianity and saying, Hey, how could we do this better? How could we do this better? And the conclusion I came to is house church. I'm not saying house church is infallible. It has, it has its own problems, um, that we can work through, but I'm just super excited for that interview because he's a wonderful author. Um, can't wait to get that out to you guys. Again, that will be October 26th of this year is when I will be hosting that interview. <clears throat> now that I've got all that information out of the way, I can finally get into the content I've got planned out for you guys today. I'm going to be reviewing and reading an article, and the article is entitled, Nine Signs You Need to Break Off Your Engagement. And I have not read all this article. I've only, you know, skimmed the first few paragraphs. But I know that I'm going to disagree with this article on a huge number of things. A lot of the times I'll pick articles that I will agree with for you guys, and I will read those. But today, I, you guys have got something big coming because I'm going to disagree with, like, everything this article is saying. I, I believe. If I had to guess, that's what's going to happen. So... <clears throat> I will obviously include the link to this article in the show notes if you would like to read it for yourself. Make sure I'm not twisting their words or misinterpreting the intention of the author in any way. Uh, the author is Ashley Papa. September 20th, 2017 is when she wrote this article. And it again, it is titled, Nine Signs You Need to Break Off Your Engagement. And it's from stylecaster.com. <clears throat> So after years of dating and fantasizing about meeting and marrying your perfect life partner, you're engaged. It's a big moment. And ideally by this time, and, and, and ideally by the time your SO pops the question and you say yes, you're both pretty confident that you want to spend the rest of your lives together. But sometimes life isn't quite so, so straightforward. And certain traits and feelings about your partner don't come to light until after the ring is on your finger. All right, boom, let's stop right there. <laughs> okay, so already we have a, uh, again, this is a, this to me is a lack of a commit, this is a lack of commitment coming out in a relationship. If this is happening, um, she just said that certain things only come to light until, come to light like after the ring's already on your finger. That is totally does not have to be the case totally does not have to be the case. If you get to the point that you are willing to engage yourself to someone to be married, then you should already know all you need to know about that person. If you're making the error of getting engaged when you don't know everything you need to know, that's a problem. 
But if you make the commitment to be engaged, I mean, you're saying you know everything you need to know. And a lot of you might wonder, what's the problem with backing out of an engagement? The problem with backing out of an engagement is the other person is is considered you worthy of their to spend their entire life with you. They consider you like a worthy partner and they've proposed or they've said yes. Okay, they've said yes or proposed to doing that with you. And if you say yes to that, and if you or if you propose in the case of the guy or whoever proposes, a lot of people a lot of girls sometimes do it now, but mostly it's the guy. If if you propose, you are saying, I'm willing to spend my life with you. I know all that I need to know. You are it. I'm choosing you in this moment. And then if you go back on that, if you go back on that, you are setting that other person up for horrible heartbreak. Horrible heartbreak. Just imagine this. So you you both agreed to this lifelong covenant together and you're moving towards that, working up to the day where you actually, where the commencement actually happens, where you're actually committed to one another for life legally in the eyes of God and with tons of witnesses. So let's say you're working up to that, but you've already agreed that that's going to happen. If you back out of that, that other person has already kind of let you into your heart as that specific person. All right. That's why it's such a huge deal when these engagements break off, and that's why it's often so nasty. And I personally have, I've, I've no, I've know people who have, who have been engaged and then it was broken off. And that is, I'm sorry, that should not happen. Uh, that should not happen. You should not get to the point. And again, no condemnation. If you've done this, there's absolutely nothing, like I'm not condemning you. There's no condemnation for believers um, who are in Jesus. There's no, this is not a slam on you. I'm just trying to prevent future heartbreak because it tears people apart when you get to the point of an engagement. Like that's, that's serious. When you say yes, and then you turn around and say no before you've get your, given your vows, that is a drastic, that is drastically going to impact somebody's life. And I've seen that happen. So I'm trying to prevent that for uh, people my age as well. Again, I'm 23, unmarried, and I'm just trying to prevent relational dysfunction in my generation because I see a lot of it and it bothers me. So let's get on with the article here. Um, I left off after the ring is on your fingers when you'll find out all this stuff. That's what she just said. <clears throat> So if you're having any nagging gut feelings or major doubts, you should probably take a look at nine of these major red flags and make sure they don't sound a lot like your own relationship, ideally before you walk down the aisle and say those vows. I mean, I agree with that, but you should take a look at them, you know, before you get engaged. <laughs> these these gut feelings or nagging doubts, those should be addressed before you say yes to a proposal or before you propose to a girl and she says yes. It's just the end of story. It's just the end of story. Um, the next heading is you can't get excited about the wedding. A little anxiety and cold fear are normal before getting hitched. But if you find that you can't get remotely excited about even the most fun parts of a wedding planning, your bachelorette trying dresses, hair and makeup trials, that could point to a bigger issue, says Carol, Carolyn Wagner, a licensed counselor and psychotherapist. These are some of the most joyful times leading up to the wedding, so it would be wise to examine what's getting in the way of you enjoying them like you deserve to. Some women might like might not like all the pomp and circumstance of the event, but there should be the excitement of marrying the love of your life. If you don't even have that, you need to strongly consider canceling the engagement. <sighs> I don't know. My initial reaction to that is like, well, yeah, if, the, if that none of that is present anyway, then again, you shouldn't be engaged. Like, I feel like a lot of this could be prevented by simply backing up this advice pre-engagement. So if you take this into consideration pre-engagement and even pre-serious relationship for sure, um, then none of these heartbreak problems are going to arise. Okay, so if you don't have the fireworks with somebody, maybe it's a good idea not to date them, not to say yes to an engagement or a proposal. 
um, not to propose if you don't have these feelings. Like the, this works for guys and girls. Like there's no, um, a lot of this you just need to consider before you get into a serious relationship, before you start crossing serious lines. And that's uh, when you start crossing serious lines and then reverting, changing your mind, getting cold feet. That's when people get crushed. That's when people get hurt. And that's a hugely devastating thing to uh, have in your life. Hi guys, I want to take a quick break and tell you about an opportunity that you guys have as listeners to become subscribers of this podcast. Now, in order to become a sub, all you have to do is follow the subscribe link in the show notes found in the description of each episode. And when you subscribe, you'll get access to exclusive material, including additional interviews, all of my spoken word poetry pieces, all of my dramatized allegorical short stories, and even more of my article readings, okay? So lots of content will be available to you that won't be available to anyone else. Subscribing to the show only costs $5 a month, which is less than most people spend on their lunch at work every day, okay? So you won't even notice it disappearing from your bank account. If you enjoy listening to the show and you're looking for an opportunity to financially support the content you care about, this is your chance, okay? Follow the link in the show notes to become a sub. Thank you so much for choosing this show to listen to. And now, without further ado, let's get back to the episode. So let's see. Uh, the next heading is you're still waiting for your partner to change. Okay, already, you shouldn't be trying to change somebody. If you're trying to change somebody, that's a bad idea. That's a bad idea because you have no guarantee that they're going to change. And honestly, in my experience and what I hear a lot of you know people who know what they're saying say is that trying to change people is a bad idea. Um, you know, Christians famously say that uh, you shouldn't be unequally yoked. And that is honestly genius. And I'm not, I'm not just applying that to, um, you know, a believer or non-believer. I'm talking about like, if there's a serious, like an addict, like a drug addiction or something, or like a, like a, a pattern of abuse or something like that's, you don't try and change that. That's not something you should, uh, try and change. And again, this is in the context of engagement, but you should never be engaged to a person who, who is, is those things that I just mentioned, you know, addicted to drugs or, you know, abusive or something like that. If that, if that is a, is a problem, you should already know about that. And you should, you should not engage yourself. You should not, you know, agree to a proposal for that person. Um, so I don't really understand why that's in this article either, but anyway, maybe you thought back to the article, maybe you thought that taking your relationship to the next level would help your SO drink less, spend more time with you, give up that expensive, unhealthy hobby or any other issue you were hoping to resolve while dating, but it hasn't. Unfortunately, problematic behaviors while dating rarely resolves themselves just because you get engaged, married, or have kids, says Wagner. These things tend, these things need to be addressed directly and mindfully worked on. If something is still troubling you, it's time to have a serious conversation and possibly delay or call off an engagement until it's resolved. Again, that's a great paragraph because he's talking about, or Wagner, whoever Wagner, Wagner is, is saying that it's a good idea to look at these issues, these serious deal breaker issues before you even enter this level of commitment. That's genius. That's smart. That prevents heartbreak. Um, when you're not doing that and you somehow, I don't know what this, why this is in the engagement article. Again, if you somehow say yes, when those issues are present, that's a, that's already a massive problem. Like you shouldn't even be dating this person. If there are these red flags that, that they're talking about, um, and those are deal breakers for you, it just shouldn't even be on the table. So I don't understand how this, this hypothetical person has somehow gotten to the situation that they're engaged to this person. And now they're trying to break it off that that should never happen. You should never be engaged to somebody that has those issues. You, you, those are issues that you are aware of that you find out very quickly. It does not take long to find those issues out. Um, and you, um, recognize them, even if they're, you know, if, let's say your partner lies, <clears throat> hides their, these, these serious problems from you, 
uh, you're still going to find out about that even if they never bring them up. These these issues, what does it talk about? Problematic behaviors like heavy drinking or abuse or uh, uh, expensive, unhealthy hobby or, let's see, not spending enough time with you. Those things are things you find out really quick when you're getting to know somebody, okay? It doesn't take a serious level of commitment to find out that they're there. So again, I would just say this all needs to be addressed way pre-engagement. All these issues can be addressed pre-engagement, and that is what prevents heartbreak for the other individual who bless their heart. If you get to the point where you are engaged to them and you you change your mind and break it off, it's going to be devastating uh, for them. And I'm sure for the person who did it, because the, the weight of that decision on your conscience has got to be astronomical. Um, on with the article. <clears throat> your significant other cheats at his or her bachelorette party. Okay. Well, this is again, uh, let me just read, let me just read the article before I say anything. It's not just a movie cliche. Some people actually do live their last night of freedom to the fullest. In fact, the study shows that a third, that a full third of bachelors cheat on their, cheat on their bachelorette, par- on their bachelor parties. <clears throat> surprisingly, quote, surprisingly, this is one of the few times a man will admit to cheating because it was his last chance to have sex, Doc- says Dr. Carolyn Madden, an author and a therapist who specializes in infidelity. Wow, that's just sad. Anyway, moving on, quote, he did he did it because he's not ready for the responsibility of marriage and could not be too much of a coward to break off the engagement so he's hoping that once you find out he cheated on you you will do it for do it for him end quote sad but true and effective wow okay this just paints a horrible picture for uh, of of men um but i do just want to say i i i am aware that this actually happens people just do horribly raunchy inappropriate um things at their bachelor or bachelorette party and um this is specifically addressing bachelor party, but I think, but this would apply to bachelorette parties as well. Uh, again, this I think goes back to a character. Um, you should be able to vouch for your, for your significant other's character to, to the fact that they won't do this. Um, if there's, you know, doubts in your mind as to whether or not they will do this, then again, you shouldn't be engaged to that person. That sh- if there are these doubts, these are, this is what shocks me. It's kind of common sense, really. If you if you don't know if your partner is going to cheat on you or not at their bachelor party, like, why are you saying yes? Or it applies to the males, too. So if you don't know if your partner is going to cheat on you at her bachelorette party, if you don't know beyond a shadow of a doubt that that's not going to happen, like, why are you not, like, why are you, if you're doubting that, why are you proposing? Like, <laughs> it's it's honestly not, um, these are serious issues. These These are things that couples should have worked out well before um a a proposal or an acceptance of a proposal it's just these issues should be resolved early so i don't know why they keep bringing them up in the context of a uh, of a marriage or an engagement here um those you should already know all of that about your your partner and i get and i get it i get it things happen people people have a moment of weakness and they do horrible things Uh, good people good good people who have established their character to you and they've worked for it and they've done their hard work and they've um worked for their to build their relationship with you they still cheat i get that that happens um um and there's no guarantee. Again, there's no guarantee that that won't happen, that you somebody won't cheat on you at their bachelor or bachelorette party. But I'm saying there is an element of if you know your spouse's character, you can kind of do all that you can to guarantee that's not going to happen. Um, when you say yes, you know, you should know basically like not there's like a tiny chance that, that they will um, go off the rails essentially and do something to, to hurt you. But you should feel confident in your partner 
You should feel safe. You should feel like your relationship is protected, that they value you, that they are not going to do anything to hurt you, that they are um, loyal to you and that they are faithful to you. Those should all be secure values. If you if you're feeling a doubt about that before you even get engaged, again, I would highly not recommend you getting engaged to a person where you're feeling doubt about that. And often in. I mean, the kind of people I see that have those problems are not going to be proposing anyway because they have their own life issues if they're, you know, just kind of loosely flinging around with anyone and everyone that they come across. So hopefully that's not a problem for too many people, but there it is if, you, if, if it uh, for those people that this article is addressing. Um, her next section is you're not into sex anymore. Well, this again, I just I'm going to have a few, huge problems with this, but. The article says, before you're married, is it too soon to see the before you're married? Is it, I'm sorry, before you're married is too soon to see if your sex life is fading away. If you find yourself cringing through it, doing it as little as once every month or every few months or having to fantasize about another hottie to get turned on, your next stop shouldn't be the altar. A lack of sex is not a good indicator that your sex life for the next six years and a lack of Sex is not a good indicator about your sex life for the next 60 years, says dating coach Josie May. If the attraction and desire are already, are already turning cold, it doesn't bode well for your marriage and could eventually leave one or both of you to seek sex elsewhere. Well, again, here I just, I think this is a fundamental worldview disagreement that I have with this author. Um, if you're doing these, these sexual things, pre-engagement, pre-marriage, pre, um, you know, it sounds like it, they're talking even here, pre-romantic like attachment. If you're doing these things to see if somebody's compatible, all I would say to that is, you know, human beings are not things that you try out. Uh, they have feelings, and whether or not you think you can keep your emotions out of the picture when it comes to your sexuality, it's just not true. I'm sorry. Um, the sexuality, sexual intimacy comes with an emotional attachment that you cannot get rid of wholly. Now, you might be the most player, like the biggest player that there ever has ever walked the earth. But again, that is going to do something to your soul because uh, I've heard one counselor, marriage counselor say that uh, sexual intimacy is a psychosocial spiritual act and it involves everything of you in in make in doing that act so when you engage in that act with somebody you're involving your spirit you're involving your soul you're involving your mind you're involving your body um these things are not meant to be involved unless it is permanent unless it is committed um so you're really setting yourself up i would say for a huge disappointment um if you're you know experimenting to see if the the sexual uh the sexual union, the sexual act, your, your chemistry, whatever you want to call it is good or not before marriage. You know, um, people think that, and let's just, let's be real. I mean, everybody that you're going to get way better. Talk to married couples today and they will tell you, um, this again, this is not my opinion. I've done, I've actually talked to people about this and they all 100% of the time say that at first it wasn't great, but it got better over time. Like it always gets better over time because you just, you just learn one another. You get to know what each other enjoys. You get to know each other as a person better. You get to know uh, each other more intimately. So it's always going to get better there. So I wouldn't, I think it's a huge mistake for this, this person. And again, if you're an expert, whatever, I know experts that would totally disagree with him. Um, so I'm going to back those experts. I think it's ridiculous to, to suggest that if there's not this, um, you know, sexual finesse in the start of a marriage that you won't be that you can't develop a healthy sexual lifestyle within the next 60 years of a marriage that's not true uh people do it all the time they start off with a 
having serious problems that they go to counselors and everything for. And then as they grow together and learn one another, it just becomes phenomenal. So I, I don't think that you can say that uh, this Josie May person or whoever is saying that. I don't think you can say that. Her next section is your SO trash talks your friends, family, even you. Again, should you know this before you're engaged? Yes. There are no issues that you shouldn't know before you're engaged, guys. That's kind of the point that I'm trying to make throughout this, this, this podcast. If these, if there are these question marks in your mind over these serious issues, why are you, why are you saying yes? Or why are you proposing in the case of the guys? Like all of these things are things that you should know about your potential partner for life before you make any serious moves like this. Um, it, it, people make so such huge errors when they move past these boundaries, these levels of in- intimacy, and they move further and further into this person's life. And then if you're doing that and you're not knowing these, these huge issues about this person, uh, you're just, I'm sorry, that's a horrible mistake. That's a horrible mistake. Um, and again, that's the same thing with the sexual thing. If you're moving in towards this person, um, you know, engaging in all these acts further and further and further, crossing line after line after line, and you don't know these things about this person, you don't even know if they're going to be around tomorrow. I mean, you're setting yourself up for heartbreak. You're setting yourself up for heartbreak. Um, so let's see. Um, back to the article. Maybe your partner, the engagement, maybe to your partner, the engagement ring is almost like a bargaining chip. I give you a ring and you start or stop doing this. Well, that's, first of all, that's an awful person. Moving on. Break things off if your partner doesn't love you and accept you how you are. Again, why would they be proposing? Why would you even get to this point in the relationship if that wasn't, if they didn't already accept you? Moving on. Flaws and all, says life coach Samantha Siffring. If your partner blows up at blows up your phone while you're out, criticizes all your friends, or restricts you when you can go out. It's a major red flag of future abusive behavior when your partner tries to ruin your relationship with other influential people in your life and wants to be your only person. Consider ending an engagement with someone like this dodging a serious bullet. <clears throat> Again, all of these issues, despite what you think about what she just said, that should be handled well before an engagement. You should already know that well before an engagement. To, to suggest to me that you, there are things that you don't know until after engagement, that her thesis at the top is totally wrong. That is totally wrong. There should be nothing you don't know at the point of engagement. All right. That's the, that's the problem. It's when you start going in with these question marks, making proposing or saying yes to proposals and you still have question marks. That's when you're going to crush someone and ruin their life. Okay. And, and, and cause yourself a great deal of heartbreak too, regardless of what your side you're on. You shouldn't just via, you shouldn't step over these lines, um, with question marks. That's, that's just really the, all that it comes down to. And I know that people make mistakes. And again, there's no condemnation if you've done this. I'm just trying to prevent this from happening in the future because I've seen how it impacts others. I've, one of my friends, this happened, uh, this happened to him. Um, he was engaged and I'm not even gonna, I'm not even going into names or anything at all. I'm, that's not what this is about. This is about preventing this for the next generation of little, of believers. Um, he was going to be entering, entering the covenant of marriage together and trying to just prevent heartbreak as much as we possibly can. Okay. Um, yeah, moving on. You're not excited about your future together. Does this person really jibe? I don't even know what that word is. Um, does this person really jibe with the happy future you envision for yourself? Any doubt is a reason to stop and think hard. This isn't about a lack of imagination, but rather you can see the party glitz and the glarn of the wedding, the glam of the wedding, but you don't actually want to be married to the person you're with, says licensed therapist Dr. Donna Oriowo. Having a great party on your own with you as the center of attention might be what you should try instead of getting instead of saying words you don't mean to somebody you don't love, or at least not 
or at least not enough to spend your entire lives together. See, that's that's actually a good a good point she said, then said there. You know, if you're just wanting the romantic feeling of a nice party with lots of candles and lights and Canon and D playing in the background, just have a party for yourself. Don't get another person's feelings involved. Don't say yes to a person who has, you know, just offered their life to you. Don't propose to a person if you are not willing to off if you are not willing to actually back that up. Like um, have a party for yourself that looks like a wedding. If that's what you're really after, if you're just after, you know, a summer fling or something, um, just make your, there are other ways to make yourself feel good and get that need met. Don't involve another person's heart is basically what that's saying, which is an awesome point that should happen again, pre-engagement, way pre-engagement, way before that, way before even I would say dating. Why would you even date if you're, if you're just looking for a need that you could meet on your own? Don't, don't like, the whole point of, of marriage and um, a relationship between a man and a woman is that each of them have something the other doesn't, they can't get any other way. They're designed for each other. That's how they're set up to uh, live, are completely dependent on one another. That's why God designed marriage. So again, if you can meet these needs on your own, why are you involving the heart of another person? Because you're just going to change your mind, maybe, perhaps, if it's a possibility. And then if that's a possibility, you could really hurt them. So again, just not just not a good thing to do getting engaged if these if you're just wanting a, you know a, a nice a nice party with good food and stuff <laughs> again you think you think that's that sounds hysterical but that's in this article they're they're actually talking about that as an issue uh, of calling off an engagement like man that just disgusts me that you can actually get to the point of engagement and then realize oh man i've just been in this kind of for the wedding the wedding day i just really wanted a wedding day and i don't really want to spend the rest of my life with this person wow how immature are you to get to that point and not realize that. Wow. Anyway, um, moving on. You're not the marrying kind, at least not yet. <clears throat> Maybe you feel like you spent your 20s about playing about, I'm sorry. Maybe you spent, you feel like you spent your 20s worried about paying off student loans and then traveling the world and getting a law degree. This could lead you to become resentful later in life. If you haven't had time to develop yourself and grow into the person you want to, you want to be without other people dictating their life to you, you might not be ready to tie the knot, says Aurelio. Oreo, whoa, that's a hard name to say, golly. You want to know who you are, what you like, what lights your passions before you trade I for we. I mean, I don't like the way that was worded, but I mean, it's definitely true. I mean, at least I don't like, I don't don't know. I I don't like the way they they talked about, you know, traveling the world, getting a law degree and spending your 20s that way. I don't think that's the best way to spend your 20s. Uh, Um just because of my worldview as I've talked about other places, but, um, I think twenties is an awesome time to be getting married. But, um, again, you should have already done that a lot younger. I think people, again, this goes back to the issue of us expecting kids to not be able to like find themselves or whatever, or, or develop an understanding as to their personality and character. They should already know that by the time they're like, like, I don't even want to put an age on it, but way well before 20, like, um, not to brag on myself or anything, but I knew who I was by like the time I was 16. Like it, it with maybe before it wasn't challenging for me to find that out. And I don't know if that's because I had a lot of good people around me who were um, supportive and uh, provided me with mentoring or what. But I just think that you, you can find out who you are well before your 20s, <laughs> well before your 20s. Um, you're not the marrying kind. Oh, we've already read that one. Your, int- your intuition keeps nagging at you. Sometimes you might just feel like something's wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on it. Marriage is one of the biggest decisions you can make in a lifetime. Well, that's certainly true. Again, which is why you should make it with such care and not going into question marks. While there are many reasons people may have to call off an engagement, these signs don't necessarily mean the relationship is over. So don't at the end of the day. So at the end of the day, it's always wise to trust your intuition 
and take a long look at any lingering doubts. Remember, it's all about the right person and the right time and not just one or the other. Uh, so interesting article altogether. I would say it's highly unnecessary, not because I, I mean, I'm sure there are people that this is written to who are in this position of finding themselves needing to or wanting to break uh, to end an engagement, but I'm saying it should be unnecessary in that you should never get to the point of an engagement and say yes or propose uh, if there are these issues that you don't under already know about your partner. Okay, the engagement should be the engagement is basically uh, married without the the legal uh, restrictions and the um, restrictions of being married in the eyes of God and people. Okay, so that it's it's basically you've agreed to spend the rest of your life with that person. The emotions at that point are are, are naturally going to kick in. You can't keep part of your heart back. I, at least I would imagine at that point it's already in there. Okay, so ending it in any way, shape, or form after you've already said that yes, after you've already said offered that proposal, is a horrible, horrible, horrible idea that is going to hurt probably one person at least in a very, very bad way. Um, and again, I've seen that happen. That's why I'm addressing this because I don't want to see a bunch of other people my age hurt. It's it's really heartbreaking. Um, engagement should be final, I guess is the thesis of this, this podcast. Engagement should be final. And if you can't say that, if you don't have the confidence to say that, I'm engaged to you, I am committed. If you don't have the confidence to say that, you shouldn't even be getting engaged. Um, then regardless of how good it feels, regardless of how excited you are, if you can't, if you don't have that confidence, if you don't have that um, that willingness to spend the rest of your life with this person, again, you shouldn't be doing all this stuff. You shouldn't be crossing these lines one after another. And I hope that that makes sense to you guys. Again, this is just my opinion. I'm not offering advice. I'm just trying to prevent problems that have, that have um, affected me and those I those I know. Um, so if this doesn't help you at all, again, do not take anything that I say into consideration. Um, if it doesn't help you, if it causes you any condemnation, don't listen to anything I said. I'm not trying to condemn people. Again, I don't want to um, come across as that person. That's not what I'm doing. I'm trying to prevent prevent problems from coming up in the future. So I hope this has helped you guys. Um, and just, just if you would leave with any one thing, just be, by the time you get to an engagement, just be sure. I mean, don't be questioning it. Don't be, you know, well, maybe... Yes, I'll do it because I'm excited. No, that's a horrible idea. Don't don't move further into these relationships uh, than you are willing to uh, go, and then you're willing to back up with your actions and your heart. Um, so I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. As always, uh, if you if you did, re- reach out, give us a good review, give us a good rating on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to it. Um, that helps our show reach more listeners. Also, follow our social media. We post there regularly quotes pertaining to marriage and family therapy. And also uh, share a lot of original quotes that I write as well. So I hope you guys have enjoyed this today and we will talk to you next time.